Good morning, it's 11.07, and uh, here in the city of Columbia, we're looking for a new police chief, and, well, I've got a suggestion, uh, looked at the candidates that are available, and I think I know who I'd like to see be the next chief of police. We'll kick that around a little later on, but Jennifer Bukowski joins us this hour, and uh, she, of course, uh, keeps her finger on the pulse of what's going on around the country, and especially around Missouri um, and we've been chatting about current events, uh, including Israel uh, and uh, what, uh, what Biden is up against. And I had suggested that Hunter Biden uh, could rely on uh, the Bruin decision to defend himself. And what an irony that would be, because these are laws that the Democrats and his father in particular have been promoting uh, for years. Uh, you, you don't suppose that would cause any strife in the family, do you? No, they don't care about the rules when it comes to their family <laughs> uh, or or their policies. You know, they've got no compunction with being hypocrites. So I think they'd be just fine doing whatever. And you asked me what I would do, and what I would do from the outside is what defense attorneys have done. And it's like, you know, you're caught dead to rights. You've written an actual book confessing to, you know, being a drug user while you're buying this gun. Uh, they've got all kinds of receipts. You need to just try to use your connections to try to convince them to give them a good deal. And that's what they had done at the beginning. It all blew up in spectacular fashion like a month or so ago in court. So that's what I would start out with. Prediction. That's what started out with. Prediction. Does he do any time at all? No. No way. I think Biden pardoned Hunter in a hot second before that were, were to occur. Unless it was going to be like a... You know, a weekend or something like that. Yeah, I uh, Biden is has uh, sworn. Uh, Joe Biden has is, is sworn that he will not pardon Hunter Biden. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's the big picture. I think first the Democrats are doing everything they can to make a martyr in the eyes of Republicans of Donald Trump. And if you. Look at what America thinks about Trump v. Biden. 70% don't want either one. So here's what I think unfolds. At the last minute, Biden drops out of the race. And on his way into dropping out of the race, he pardons his son in advance. Yeah, I agree. And, and then it becomes Trump v. another Democrat. And when that happens... That whole metric about Trump v. Biden goes out the window. Uh, it, it, but, it looks, but they don't have very strong people on their side, even to go up against Trump. But I do think that it would be better to run against Biden and Kamala, who's done nothing as borders are and has been completely worthless, being you know his backup. Who she could be president later today? We don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah. not wishing ill upon anyone, but Biden does not seem to be in very good health. So uh, I do think that there's a chance that Biden doesn't end up being the nominee. If he drops out in like the next month or so, they, they could have a primary and a race between like Whitmer, the Whitless government, governor uh, uh, in Michigan and Newsom. And uh, I don't know who they I are. I think they're going to wait a little bit closer. I think they're going to wait a little bit longer. I think what? they're going to wait yeah. until, until it gets a little closer. And the, and the Republicans are stuck with uh, the Trump nominee. They're being McCaskilled on a major, really in a brilliant strategy. 
But your primaries go on too, Gary. So we have to look at the rules for subbing someone out if he drops out after other states have already voted and they'll wait him in as their nominee. They'll wait for the last minute. And as we know in Missouri, the convention. And we, and we know in Missouri, yes, I think they're going to wait till just right around the time of the convention. And as we know in the state of Missouri, uh, if you die, your name can still be on the ballot. And uh, your spouse can be, uh, uh, could win the race. Right? Historically, isn't right. that? Well, yeah. I mean, the governor promised, okay, if, if uh, you elect Carnahan, then I'll appoint his wife. Yeah. Uh, so, so it would have to be something like that. But the process by which is pretty complicated. I think we're going to have to look at, take a hard look at it. I might have to do a deep dive on that because it could happen on either side with candidates that are both, you know, up there in years. What would be the process at the various stages to replace your nominee or your almost nominee? We'll have to wait and see. But I think that's how it's going to unfold. And I think he will pardon his son. I, I don't believe for a minute that he would let him uh, go to prison. All right. We are behind, and uh, we got to catch up. Federal prison censors Reason Magazine. You know, I, you would think they would be, you know, maybe censor a pornography or something along those lines. But Reason Magazine seems pretty innocuous. I, Jennifer, I can't imagine why they would have well, to do that. The, the cover of it, I actually have it sitting on my desk. How It says, I knew they were scumbags, in quotes. How federal prison guards confessed to rape and got away with it. So I guess they do have a Reason Magazine subscriber in federal prison. They officially um, decided to censor that, that episode, saying that it would jeopardize the good order and security of the institution. And prisons have, you know, they have strict rules like how many photographs you can have, all kinds of things. So it's not uncommon for them to censor things. But I'll tell you what, if you wanted to get prisoners interested in reading an article, <laughs> this is the way to do it. You know, they have other ways. They could have photocopies or whatever sent to them of this article. They could have people copy and paste it into emails because now they might be interested in reading what it has to say. But it was their cover story last month by reason about how the Bureau of Prisons allowed a cadre of guards to sexually assault female inmates with impunity and allowed them to escape legal consequences after they confessed. And uh, that's, they confessed by, by doing it during like an employment discipline proceeding. And then under this constitutional decision, they couldn't use that against them later. They could only use it for the purposes of their employment. They got to retire, they got their benefits, and they got away with... Uh, basically having a thing where women, they were having sex with women, you know, consensually and non-consensually, but female prisoners can't consent under the law. So it's uh, a sexual assault. Must be nice to get away with that. Yeah, they got away with it, but uh, the prisoners, they don't want them reading about that. It's interesting. I think that, you know, if you're telling them they can't read something, that might actually make them more interested to read it. Now, the... If, they're saying that it could disrupt the order and security of the institution. Well, all the guys that are discussed by name in this article actually have retired. So I don't know how exactly. And well, uh, you know, if, if I'm locked up, prisons. if I'm locked up in prison, if I'm a guy locked up in prison and I'm not getting any and I find out that the women are, I might be a little <laughs> upset about that. 
Yeah, you, you might want the guards to put out for you, too. Well, well, I would hope there are some female guards. Brian, on the other hand, um, by the way, Brian does have a request. He, he asked me if you had any race, uh, any royal information. Do I? You're just making that up. Brian did not ask you. No, that. We, I, we actually no. discussed it this we morning before it. you came on. We wanted to know <laughs> if there was any royals uh, stories on your prep sheet, and I thought, well, there are not this week because uh, there wasn't really. There's so much. Uh, so much going on with Israel. I just read only one article about, you know, Will and Kate. And Oh, I'm uh, dying to hear it, but we got to take a break. Wow. <laughs> what a shame. We're going to come back with Jennifer Bukowski. Uh, drug cartels use social media to recruit American teenagers and tiny homes. All on her list on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1119, and Jennifer Bukowski is with us. She is a criminal defense attorney and a brilliant one at that and keeps her finger on the pulse of what's going on around the country and around the state. Brian, did you notice in that list of uh, topics that Jennifer sent that it said, Happy Thursday? I did, yes. I saw that, too. Okay. Sorry about that. Happy Tuesday to you, Gary. Too late now. (laughs) Or too soon. I'm not sure which. I don't know. Sorry if I got your hopes up that it's already that close to the weekend with my email there. All right. Well, we got to move on uh, because uh, we are falling behind and we can only tease her for so long. And uh, so we'll move. Drug cartels using social media to recruit American teenagers to smuggle illegal aliens and the police call it Uber for the cartels. You know, as a mom of a teenage driver, this infuriates me that they are these cartels are using TikTok, showing videos of just tons of cash and things like that to convince these kids to come down and help them drive illegal aliens and smuggle them across the border. It's such a dangerous thing to be involved with these cartels and these people and to be taking cops. I mean, cops have been on car chases with American teenagers who have been hired through TikTok and other social media by the drug cartels to basically Uber these illegal aliens uh, across and across the border and through, you know, to civilization or wherever they need to go. You know what's really scary about this? Is that I've known you for so long that those kids didn't have a license to drive a tricycle, and now you got one that's driving a car? Yes, <laughs> that's Whew. true. Yeah, it's been a minute, and he towers over me, too, the older one. That's scary. Um uh, how do you stop that? You you really uh, you really can't. Well, mine, can mine is too smart, hopefully, to do something like this. But I wasn't very smart as a teenager. I did stupid stuff. So you know, if they're really going after a vulnerable, impulsive population of kids that want money or whatever else, and see an opportunity to make a bunch of bucks, and don't think through to the consequences. And these are adults enticing children to engage in this dangerous criminal behavior, and it really makes me mad. If I'm a 16-year-old, this is a great way to make money and not have a permanent mark on my record. Well, you could get a... Yeah, you could lose your life. Yeah, it is. that's the thing. It's so tempting. It's probably much more money than they could make other ways. And Because the risks are so high and the stakes are so high. And these kids have been leading cops on car chases. I mean, they could die doing this. And so that these cartels, they've got some really shady, evil people running them. That's for sure. Let's see. Uh, I can have my uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer paper route 
Or make a thousand or two uh, deliver. Oh, yeah. I can see where that would be. We could babysit for whatever an hour or work at fast food or, you know, or you could go make in one run what you'd make in months at one of those occupations, right? It would be tempting. Uh, and you wouldn't have to tell mom and dad if you didn't get caught. You'd just suddenly be able to go out and buy that new mini bike. Yeah, they probably have you doing it when you're supposed to be in bed anyway, so you just sneak out to do that stuff. You didn't sneak out of the house when you were a kid, did you? Oh, my parents slept like the dead, so... Oh, did you hear that, Brian? Does it sound like she snuck out of the house? It does, yes. Yeah, it does. Not in my house. No, no, no. My my mother would uh, have caught me or my father, and it would have been all over but the shouting. Uh, Newsom vetoing a bill, governor of California, banning caste discrimination. Do tell. I think this this is a positive thing that Newsom did. They wanted to create yet another protected category that you can't discriminate against based on the caste system in Southern Asia. They, of course, have, like, the caste. Seventy years ago, India made this illegal, but they had, like, the untouchable class and everything else. And there have been... People, it used to be only like the higher echelons of castes, of the former castes of these populations that were even in the United States. But now, I guess there are some from so-called lower castes, which I hate even using that terminology, that are in the United States that have claimed to be have been discriminated against for like engineering jobs or uh, positions at uh, universities. And there was this big pressure for in a bill for Newsom to make caste discrimination illegal too, and he vetoed it. And I think this is good because, you know, when you go, it comes to employing people, you need to limit, the, we have at will employment. And the more things that you can add on that they can sue you for making an employment decision on, saying, oh, this is really about this or that, not about my performance, you know, the less likely employers are going to want to, you know, hire people or create jobs to begin with because it just makes the risk of doing so higher. So, you, you, so do you I think, think it's good that Newsom vetoed this, and I think it's another sign that he is looking at the long term and a potential run and wanting to limit uh, his uh, the attacks against him and what the ire that he could draw from the business community of signing something like dumb like this into law. That's where I was headed with this. Uh, it, it's if he weren't contemplating perhaps throwing his hat in the ring for a national race, he might have signed this. Oh, yeah, he might have, uh, but he has bigger plans, I think, if not this time, then in 2028. We'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, uh, the last story on your list deals with tiny homes uh, that are the hot new homeowner's accessory. I've got one here. It's a a little uh, 5,000-square-foot thing in the backyard uh, that uh, houses three or four uh, friends. Um, 5,000 square foot. Yeah, it's just a tiny little home. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a a lovely little house that you have there. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, The the chauffeur sometimes stays there uh, when when he's, uh, you know, working late. Well, this is, you know, such a depressing news weekend. This one gives me a little more hope because even in places like California, they're easing restrictions because they have such housing shortages in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, you know, you have such homelessness. They are allowing homeowners to build sometimes without uh, permits 
like apartments, you know, that are have their outside entrances often above garages, and that's the hot new accessory to build houses that have this feature because you could rent it out or you could use it as an office, and it increases the value of your home, but it can also lead to, you know, easing up this huge um, pressure with the shortage of housing that we have in the country that's affecting all kinds of things, including, you know, the ability, there's no inventory of homes for people to buy, so that's keeping the prices really high. And while interest rates are way up. So anything to ease that is an encouraging sign to me. And I'm glad to see that even in sane places like out in California, municipalities are liking this solution and allowing people the freedom to go ahead and build that extra space. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up uh, talking about Robert Kennedy. He's uh, throwing his hat in the ring as a uh, third party candidate. Question, do you think that Republicans who are never Trumpers might vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in significant numbers to, to affect the outcome of the election? I do think it's possible, yeah. But I think that it could be a lot of Democrat voters, too. But I think it's possible that the never Trumpers vote because they're going to be looking for another option to vote besides Trump. And, you know, I don't know how strong the libertarian candidate will be this time, but I think there were a lot of never Trump votes. Now, what states that they actually get those votes from is another story, because it's one thing to do a you know protest vote if you live in Missouri and you don't like Trump, but he's going to win it anyway. If you're in Wisconsin, it's a much bigger deal. So I, I don't know how many votes he'll pull in the states that it actually matters. Time will tell. I, I think there are a lot of Republicans who might foolishly decide to vote for Robert Kennedy. Uh, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, the guy is not a conservative. He is a radical leftist. Oh, no. You may they agree with him. everyone. Yeah, he was a lock-up oil company executive. Given the death penalty, he said stuff, crazy stuff like that. Reason Magazine has been all over this guy, just the crazy stuff he said over the years. He's an authoritarian. You may agree with him on vaccines, but that's about it. And, uh, and and I, I don't think he's an appealing candidate. I'd no more vote for him than I would any other progressive or Democrat out there. You don't like his view on climate change? Uh, no. Uh. But the yeah. fact that he's moving out is another sign that, hey, there might be plans to put him on the left to bump out Biden, right? Well, it, it, you know, it's amazing how the Democrats, and he's a Kennedy, uh, have so abandoned him. His own family has, too. They were tweeting over the weekend that... They don't recognize him. His own sister is tweeting against attacking his move. That's that. I mean, you when your when your own family uh, does that, woo! You are out on yeah, a limb. Thanksgiving. They might not be invited to Thanksgiving with his siblings this year. Sounding like wow. All right, Jennifer Bukowski. Thank you for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Always a pleasure. You bet. Jennifer Bukowski, criminal defense attorney and a brilliant one at that. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Would anybody vote, within the sound of my voice, would anybody out there vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Anybody out there think he's a worthwhile candidate? Uh, I, I certainly hope not. I don't think he is conservative at all. He is way to the left. The only thing that I might find that I agree with him on would be vaccines. 
And that, frankly, would be about it. Hey, they're spending your money, $4 billion plus in grants. You're not going to believe what for. That's next on the Gary Nolan this Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35, and uh, back to a refresher on Israel. I talked earlier this morning about uh, two of these different communes. One had guns, the other one didn't. The one with guns killed the terrorists. The one that didn't, well, they got wiped out. And I pointed out that Israel makes it very, very difficult for anybody to own a gun. There are lots and lots of hoops they have to jump through. Then I find a story how Israel has changed the rules in light of this... uh, uh, this attack and you can now have double the amount of ammunition and uh, they've made it much easier to get a gun fortunately we here in this country have a second amendment and and we shouldn't have to jump through those hoops to get a gun now I find another story national security minister in Israel announced that his ministry is purchasing 10,000 rifles in order to arm civilian security teams, specifically those in towns close to borders, as well as mixed Jewish-Arab cities and West Bank settlements. See, this is why the Founding Fathers gave us the Second Amendment. That This is what it's all about. Yeah, it's for self-defense. Yeah, it's for hunting. And it is to protect the Republic both from enemies in and outside of the United States. We we don't need the minister to give us permission. All of these tough rules they had, all these hoops you had to jump through, now all of a sudden it's like, oh boy, oh boy, let's get everybody armed. We need to defend the Second Amendment in this country. We don't ever want to be in a, in a situation where somebody has to make a decision in Washington to say, arm everybody up. We get attacked. If there are terrorists in this country, and make no mistake, I believe there are, we don't want to go hat in hand to the government for permission to, to protect ourselves. Israel should have known better. They're surrounded by enemies. Their people should be armed to the teeth. Instead, they were just slaughtered because they had no way to fight them off. Nearly half of the people who actually apply for guns, 40% of the people who actually apply to get a gun in Israel, get turned down. If you do get permission, and that's after they do a background check and you know your health and your mental health as well as your physical health, and a whole bunch of other things. They finally give you permission. You can buy one gun. And you get 50 rounds of ammunition maximum. And you have to turn the ammunition in if you don't use it. They keep track of how much you buy. I mean, it's, it's, it's pathetic how difficult it is to acquire a gun. And now that they're in trouble, suddenly everybody should be armed. It's too bad they didn't have a Second Amendment. It'll be too bad if we let the left take it from us. They're also going to give out helmets and bulletproof vests. About time. 
That's all I can tell you. It's about time. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Listen, uh, the United States government is giving more than $4 billion in grants. You're not going to believe where the money is going. The Epic Times writes $4.1 billion in grants for LGBT and transgender initiatives worldwide. This is a symptom of a, a government that has outgrown its constitution. This is what happens when you ignore the constitution. They get to take your money, force you to give them your money, arrest you, shoot you if you resist. And then they get to spend it on whatever they see fit. Among other things, grants infuse schools with gender ideology and sexual orientation topics, despite polls that show 70% of Americans don't want that. During the past three fiscal years, $4.1 billion in federal dollars, that's not federal dollars, in your dollars, money from your pocket has been flowing to the LGBT initiatives in the United States and around the world. We're giving this money out around the world. Plans to create a safe space for LGBTQ youth and adults to seek support and resources. They got a $1.8 million grant from the U.S. government in 2022. We, they have no right no, right. We sent money to Serbia for this. A proposal for encouraging diversity, equity, and inclusion in Serbia's workplace and their business communities by promoting economic empowerment of an opportunity for LGBTQI. What the hell is I, Brian? Do you know? I have no idea. I, I got the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. I don't know what the I is. Uh, anyway, for those people in Serbia, your tax dollars, your tax dollars, they, they actually sent a million dollars of your money to, to empower that same LGBTQ, whatever, community in Armenia. That's, that's over by Turkey. Uh, this is just, what I uh, looked it up for you. It's uh, intersex. Oh, intersex. And I don't ask me what it means because I don't know. I guess that's maybe if you're just attracted to yourself. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. But it's your tax dollars. It's your money. You want to go out and buy a new car, but you don't have the money because they've taken it in taxes. Well, now you know where it's gone to. It's immoral to take our money at that uh, the way they do, and it's even worse when they spend it the way they spend it. The insanity of it all. By the way, I got a great... Uh, let's see if I can get this audio up here. We'll play this for you. Oh, we can't. Hold on a second. Hang on a second. It's not engineering's fault. It's my fault. 
feel victimized by your presence here today. Additionally, trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here today. Additionally, you just pointed out that this man detransitioned, but earlier in your speech... You Guys, I want to hear her. Go ahead. What do Candace I have to Owens. say? Just, just the question, please. No speech. What is the question? What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who feel actively victimized by your presence here? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. Next question. Trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here. Uh, this is Candace Owens' response. Get a helmet. Actively, they feel victimized. I don't give a rodent's rectum how they feel. That's stupid. Yes, this is just insanity at its worst. Let me get to the phones here because I am way behind. And I, I just hit the wrong button. I got Mike instead. All right, Mike, good morning. It, it's, it's okay. I just, it, you, you ended up first in line. I got to, got two things. I stands for idiot, and then what? I said the I stands. He's talking for about idiot. LGBTQI. Oh, it stands for idiot. I see. <laughs> yeah. And then we need to take all the dozers and high lifts to Washington D.C. Dig a big hole, cover it up, and start over again. Uh, all right, Mike, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I, I didn't quite make out that last one. Who, who do, did he want to I'm bury? I'm not sure. Couldn't hear. I'm not sure either. All right. So anyway, that's how they waste your tax dollars. Culture war coming for your car. We'll talk about that, among other things. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 49 minutes after 11 o'clock, it's the Gary Nolan Show. Um, there's a piece in the Wall Street Journal about uh, culture wars and, and, and automobiles. Uh, apparently, they've become the topic of the uh, culture wars. Uh, they write the car is becoming the cultural flashpoint because it's where climate apocalypse proselytizing meets anti-elitist uh, pragmatism. Both sides increasingly understand their fundamental values are at stake. America is the country for cars. We, we uh, and, and I don't know anybody in my generation who, by the age of 16, wasn't clawing at the opportunity to get a driver's license. Brian, do you remember when you, you were, it was it 16 in Missouri? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you could get a driver's license. Man, you couldn't wait. And building cars. Cadillac used to have a, uh, a, a, a saying. They said they were, they were the uh, standard of the world, and they were. You know, look at the cars in the 1950s and 60s. The world was envious. When they were driving around in these little uh, tiny, uh, I was going to call them something else that rhymes with spit, but little poop boxes uh, with, uh, you know, two and three cylinder engines. Um, we were driving around with 427 V8s and four speed stick shift and pause attraction and, and, air conditioning and power windows. I mean, we were just... It, the car culture was it. Entire businesses grew up around the car culture. And now here in this country, they're killing... I cannot believe they could possibly kill the car culture in this country. But they've done that. They've vilified automobiles. If you got a car with a gasoline engine, well, you're just some kind of, you know... Anti-environmentalist who wants babies to die, 
and everybody is pushing for these battery-powered cars. And he's, and have you seen those smart cars, Brian? They're like two people can sit together if they're very, very skinny. Yes, uh, you call those road pimples, don't you? I think so. I think I got in trouble. <laughs> Who, whose car was that in the parking lot? I forget whose it was. Yeah, I think I did call it that. Something like that. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't own one of those. In Europe, they drove them since the 1950s. They've been driving those things, and that's what they want us to do. They're killing the car culture. I I I, I don't understand how uh, how they can turn that around. And government regulations have made it even more ridiculous. You can't. You know, there was a time when a family would get a station wagon. Uh, or y you could get a sports car. You could, y you had all kinds of options. Now you you almost never see a station wagon. Everything is truck based because of the uh, corporate auto uh, fuel economy standards. They're destroying it, and it was one of the things that the United States was famous for. Look for uh, look at sports cars. They're going to end the Camaro. You're going to have the Mustang uh, and the Corvette. And I think that's about it. Even the Dodge Challenger is gone or going away. Kids don't know what they're missing. And these cars, these battery cars are heartless. There is nothing like the sound of a nice cam with a little bit of a lobe in it. Oh, car sounds great. Now, what do they hum? Ridiculous. But there's a great piece if you get the Wall Street Journal uh, about how the uh, the car culture is the uh, flashpoint uh, for the climate apocalypse and how they're destroying the uh, the automobile market in the United States. Uh, I got a piece here on the Pope, and I'm how much time do I have? Yeah, I got enough time. I can get this in. As a Catholic, I have to tell you, I am so disenchanted. With this Pope. This Pope is absolutely a socialist, if not a communist. And his attacks on the Catholic religion and on free markets, I, I can't stand this guy. Christianity in America, he says, is just a money-making scheme. And he slams American Catholics for turning faith into a cash cow and an ideological circus. The, he, he hates the free market. He hates anybody who's wealthy. He shared his candid thoughts during a meeting with members of the uh, Jesuit order in Portugal. And a transcript of the conversation was published in the uh, Jesuit journal uh, or a, a Jesuit journal. Uh, an outlet endorsed by the Vatican. People in this country are wealthy. Wealthier than in most countries. And so we give more. And that includes to the church. Many people tithe. But somehow this is being painted as a bad thing. This, this is the worst pope of my lifetime. I'm actually ashamed of this guy. He is. 
if that's God's emissary, I've, I've got to really rethink my belief in God. Because this, this guy is, <clears throat> he's, he's not out socialist. I, I, I can't stand the guy. Oh, well, I'm not going to change religions, but I don't, I don't think he's a good emissary. Uh, finally, uh, the IRS is coming up after you. Remember when we hired 87,000 new IRS agents and the Biden administration told Americans, oh, don't worry. They're just going to go after people making over 400 grand a year. Well, right away, Brian was worried because that's his, that's, you know, that's his, what he makes. <laughs> uh, but I was safe. Anyway, uh, the act has done nothing to reduce inflation. It's hardly uh, surprising that the Inflation Reduction Act maybe have just made things worse. Now we have, of course, an army of IRS agents. And it is the middle class. It is the middle class that they are targeting. And we knew this. We knew this was a lie. A new report from the uh, Inspector General for Tax Administration uh, he admitted that the Treasury wouldn't be able to accurately distinguish whether many taxpayers are above or below the President's $400,000 threshold. What does this mean? It means if you're a small business, they're coming after you. And the tax code is so complex... There's no way you can possibly be 100% right all the time. And if they introduce artificial intelligence, which they are planning on doing, you won't have any room to breathe. You won't have any room to move. They went so far as to reject any threshold for defining high-income taxpayers. And they said that the uh, the $400,000 number, uh, calling such figures static and overly prescriptive. In other words, they're going after you. It's not going to... There are not that many rich people in this country that could make that kind of an impact to cover the cost of hiring all these agents. This income tax is an oppressive tax, and it needs to go away. The government shouldn't have that kind of power over people. They shouldn't be able to, you know, I talked earlier about how they're spending uh, four plus billion dollars on the LGBTQ thing all around the world, not just in the United States. They're using tax dollars. If you had a sales tax, a consumption tax, if you had the fair tax, you could avoid paying that tax. You could just buy used items. You could send them a message. But now... You can't. They just take it and spend it. Gotta run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby honey, I'm coming home.